Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we worked and the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Hey, Hunbots and Hunbros. I am in DC this week. I am presenting at the Consumer Awareness Conference or the MLM Conference. Um, It is the third year and I know a lot of you registered. I wanted to say thank you for the support. So um, I hope you guys tune in. I've been working on this presentation for a while and I'm really proud of it. So um, I hope you tune in and you get to check it out. Other than that, I don't really have a lot to share. There aren't any content warnings on this episode. It's a really fun episode, actually. Uh, We talked to Corey, who is the daughter-in-law of some Amway victims. And uh, it's a really unique perspective that I think you guys will really enjoy. I love talking to other people who have been affected by MLM that weren't necessarily in them to look at their perspective and to understand what they saw and sort of put all those pieces together because it is such a huge puzzle. And I think the more pieces that we can add to it, the more we can see the whole picture and make effective change going forward. So like I said, I'll see you guys at the MLM conference this week and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. I am so excited we're doing so much like just really cool education in 2023 and it it wouldn't be an episode of life after MLM without an Amway episode here or there. And so I got an email from a listener who's coming on the show today. Here she is. Her name's Corey. She's going to tell us the story of like her in-laws and coming into an established Amway family and sort of watching from the wings of what Amway does to people and how it really changes people and and families and just the destruction that it causes on a completely different level that we've never really talked about before. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Welcome. Uh, I'd like to introduce Corey Smelker. Welcome to the show, Corey. How are you? Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm great. And I've been really looking forward to talking to you. I am so excited to talk to you. (laughs) There's so many times where people will email me and this was sort of the case. Like you emailed me and you're like, I would love to talk to you. And I'm like, Yes, but it's like at a point where I'm like not recording. And so we emailed back and forth and kept in touch. But here we are. We're finally recording. I am so excited. Amway, it's, you know, it's the grandfather. It's the scam father of MLM. It's, it comes up so much. And I think it's so important to talk about it because it's so gross. And your story is just different. And so I, I wanted to to hear about it. So we're going to start before you even like came into the family and met your in-laws and your husband uh, t- talk to us about where you grew up and sort of how you didn't really know what MLMs were because of where you grew up and what happened. Precisely. So I was actually born in England to British parents. And in nine, in the 1970s, we emigrated to South Africa. When we lived in England, my mother did a bit of Avon, but I, I, I didn't even know until you mentioned it on another podcast recently that Avon wasn't truly an MLM until 2005, I think you said. So my mother would, uh, you know, she would pick up just jewelry or lipstick, but she didn't even wear makeup. So I, I don't even know what she was doing with it. But anyway, we moved to South Africa 
And because of apartheid and because of the embargo that the US government and other governments around the world had against South Africa, in some ways it was actually kind of wonderful because we didn't know anything about MLMs. In fact, it wasn't until Nelson Mandela was released in 1990 and that things started to open up and the U.S. government was starting to then share things. Now, obviously, we had cars from the U.S. government, but there were certain things that governments weren't allowing into South Africa. And one of them, thankfully, was MLMs. So when I actually came to the United States and heard about an MLM or Amway for the first, I had absolutely no idea what it was, Not nothing. I'd never even heard of it. And I came in 1993. It's so interesting to me that because of apartheid, in South Africa, <laughs> other countries weren't willing, obviously, to work with South Africa. Correct. And that included, like, you're not going to get the good stuff, but you're also not going to get our scams <laughs> either. Stuff either. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to share the crap with you. We're not going to share anything with you, including the crappy stuff. <laughs> so that's really interesting. So you move to the United States. At what point yeah. did you meet your husband? Um, I actually, I flew in, my father had taken a five-year contract with Detroit Edison. And so I flew in one Christmas. I had no intention of staying in the United States. I had initially thought, uh, because I was a teacher at the time, and I thought, well, with the upheaval going on in South Africa, I would go to back to England and I would get a job as a teacher in England. But then I was going to travel through Europe. I had a young son. I was a single mother. I was going to travel through Europe teaching English as a second language hop on a ferry from Spain back to North Africa, and then I was going to wend my way back down to South Africa, teaching on the way. I met my husband. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like an incredible adventure to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very adventurous spirit. I love to travel. I've traveled a lot. I've been very, very blessed. But I, I had, as I said, no intention of staying. I, I landed up meeting and marrying my American husband. So you come to the States in 93. Yes. Is that the first time that you had met your in-laws? Yes. I actually, yeah, we got engaged. We got engaged very, very fast. And then I met my in-laws after we got engaged. Between the engagement and the wedding, and I was actually only in the country for three months. I had to leave because my visa expired. So my husband's actually planned an entire wedding. He had to do it while I was in England. But anyway, I came back and I was visiting at my in-laws' house and I went down to their basement and they had shelves and shelves just filled with boxes of makeup and cleaning materials and energy bars and I can't even remember what else and Terry my husband came down into the basement I said what is this and he's like it's Amway I'm like what is Amway (laughs) and so this is 1993 his parents had been in Amway since the late 1970s yeah, oh it was a long time. And I think he was just, it was just his tone of, oh my God, here I go. I've got to try and explain this to somebody. <laughs> Poor man. And yet I still married him. We're still married almost 29 years later. I just think it's really funny that you like come into this strange thing in the basement and you're like, oh my God, what is this? And he's like, yeah. oh, it's our family secret. It's Amway. It's our family. Yeah, it's, the, it's, 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 the, it's the skeleton in the cupboard, you know. <laughs> so then he had to explain what Amway was. Well, then his mother comes in 
She's like, oh, it's Emily. And it's an amazing thing. And I said, well, explain it to me. So she starts explaining to me. Now, I'm not a business person. I'm, I'm not a business major. I have an education degree. I have a master's in English. I have a, de- I have a degree in theology. I don't have a degree in business. But she's explaining to me how it works. And I kept on, I kept on saying, okay, can you, can you say that again? Okay, so if you do this, then you have to do, if you do X, you have to do Y, right? She goes, yeah, I'm just, but then, then what happens to Z? And then what about A, B, and C? And she goes, well, it's really complicated. I said, but business shouldn't be complicated. This doesn't make any sense to me. And she goes, well, you just don't understand. And, and, and I'm not explaining it, but she got really upset. And I mean, we've been together, like I said, almost 29 years. I've learned over the years that my, that she's very sensitive. And so it's best to just, back away, push away. Otherwise you'll be screamed at for a couple of hours. So I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Obviously I don't understand. And then, then, then she tried to get me into it. Well, I'm not even yet married. I'm not allowed to make money in the US because I don't have a green card. I'm in on a fiance visa. I can't make money. That's I don't have a social security card. I don't have anything yet i have to get married and have my green card before i'm legally allowed to work in the united states (laughs) she was like i have the perfect job for you and i'm like well no but i have to make real money and that really upset her too And, and then she said well what salary expectations are you looking for i said well when i was a teacher in south africa i was making x amount she goes well, I don't know if you can make that here. And I said, well, absolutely, I can make that here. I have a degree. She goes, well, Amway can help you make a lot more. I said, well, you know what? I prefer to actually find an actual job that pays me X amount, and then we can talk. But we never did because I I shut her down every single time after that. Wow. So (laughs) another one of the things that you talked about in your email that you sent me was that your mother-in-law always sort of had this like keeping up with the Joneses attitude about life. Mm -hmm. And that was something like my mom always said when I was a kid, whatever it was at the time. And that she sort of had this feeling of being inadequate and wanting all the things and and thinking that Amway was going to bring this to her. What were some of the wild dreams that she had because of this Amway business? She wanted to own a horse farm. At one point, she, <laughs> no, at one point, she and my father-in-law, bless their hearts, they actually did uh, manage a horse farm. And she owned her own horse. She, she was an exceptional horsewoman. She did a lot of dressage. She was really accomplished. And that I think that was the pity that she had real talent. But because of her feeling of inadequacies and the way she tried to then funnel in to make money, she was never able to realize those dreams. So that to me was not a bad dream to have. But then she always wanted the biggest and newest car. And she always wanted the biggest house and not just, you know, a 3000 square foot home. She wanted a mansion. She wanted something that was like 10,000 square feet on 20 acres. And, you know, I mean, gone with the wind type mansion or you know, a Spurs player type mansion, you know, stuff that that really you can't have unless you're a multimillionaire or you have family money, neither of which they had. Right. It's it's really this dream big Amway attitude mm-hmm. that keeps you on the hook. Did she have dream boards and things she, like that as she well? She totally had dream boards. She had a vision board in in their basement on the wall. Um, she on the fridge. She would have pictures of things that she was wanting to 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 get. 
um, she would talk about it. But the issue is, and I mean, you know that you've talked about this with Amway, you go in as a couple, but the husband is meant to be the leader. My father-in-law is the quietest man ever. A couple of years ago, I had to drive him from, they live in Texas now, but I had to drive him from their home just outside of Dallas to Dallas and back for an appointment. And we were in the car for a total of four hours. At this point, I've known him for 25, 26 years. He talked more in those four hours than he had talked in the entire 25 years that I've been married to my husband. He does not talk. And yet now he's meant to be this leader that's going to bring all this income in. Well, how do you do that? You do it by talking to people. He's an introvert introvert. I mean, he's the introvert. He's the the king of introverts. He was a technical trainer, so he would talk and he would do his job, but he's just not a chatty kind of person. That's just not who he is. He'd rather sit and play music. And if you're going to be someone who's high up in any sort of scam or MLM or pyramid scheme or anything like you have to sort of be like a smarmy sweet talker. He abs- and that is so not him. He is so real. He, he's sweet. I adore my father-in-law. He is the sweetest man. And he adores my mother-in-law. They've been married now to be 58 years this year. He adores her. So he'll do anything to keep her happy. And so these are the her dreams And she wanted those dreams fulfilled, but she wasn't going to do it herself. She expected him to do it. And so she found this avenue that she thought would allow them to fill that dream. Meanwhile, he's making great money. Yeah. Yeah. In your email, you said that he was making like over $100,000 a year in the 80s. Yes, 80s and 90s. a lot of money. And in Michigan. In Michigan. Mm Mm-hmm. In the 80s, like I, I was very lucky and I grew up very privileged. My dad owned car dealerships in the 1980s and people were buying a lot of cars back then. Mm-hmm. And I, I know he made at least that he had to have. And we lived a very and not to be braggadocious at all. But just to put into perspective, we had a sailboat. We had an RV. We went camping. We went on hikes. We took many family vacations a year to many different places. And so for you to be telling me that all they're doing is struggling, that they're not able to do this, that they've got a basement full of boxes, and to know that the other side of that, in Michigan, that money would have gone even farther than California. I know. I know. And then today it's worth like, what, 200000 250000 Yeah, it's like, a oh, year? It's like over, it's almost a quarter of a million dollars a year. That's incredible. I, I would love to be earning that right now. I'm not earning that. Can you imagine what you could do with 250,000 a year today in 2023? It's just, wow. Yeah, it's wild to me to know know what they could have had, which literally was a lot closer to these dreams that she had. Precisely. If they had not chosen Amway and they had instead invested wisely or taken the money that they were using to go to those conventions to to meet their uplines, which they were doing as several times a month. If they took all that money and just even threw it in a savings account, not even just investing, you know, if, if they may just put it in a savings account, not even make the money work for you, they would have been so much further ahead than they are today. And they are in dire straits today. It just goes to show like the waste because you're investing in something that has an expiration date, which is not a good investment at all. Mm-hmm. Spending so much money on your boxes of product, your kudos, whatever, at the beginning of the month to hit all your numbers to make sure you get your bonus check for whatever, however Amway works, you know, 
to know that you could have put that money in a savings account or put that money uh, in a 401k or a retirement plan Mm -hmm. or anything Mm -hmm. as opposed to more boxes of Amway that only Mm -hmm. carried the promise of the possibility that maybe you might live this life. Right. But they could have been living it had they not been funneling their money into Amway. Precisely. And, you know, the impact, you had a guy named John Turbazian on. Turbazian, yeah. Yeah, he was talking about being the child of Amway, uh, of an Amway Herbalife. Herbalife parent. Yeah. you know, my Terry didn't go through the the financial stuff that his dad did because his parents stayed together. But I know that it impacted Terry and his sister terribly because suddenly they were not able to do things with the kids that they used to do. Uh, they didn't have the money. Suddenly they don't have the money to do the extracurricular stuff that they used to do. So Terry got into drama because it's free. You can do that free at school. Um, but his parents never came to the place because they were always so damn busy. They were gone a lot of weekends because they're off doing the stupid conventions. And, and so I know that now Terry talks about it and, and there's there's a there's an element of bitterness to it because he sees how much it stole from him in his teenage years. You know, and as teenagers, you know, we say we don't want our parents around and we act all hoity-toity around our parents like we really, but you really do. I mean, I remember being like 16 and in a play and I looked out and I saw my mother and I was swimming and I saw my father. It means a lot to you as a teenager. You may not show it, but it means a lot. But Terry knew he just couldn't rely on his parents because they they were taken away with this Amway stuff. See, and that's what's so horrible, right? Because mm-hmm. MLMs preach that it is Amway. the gateway to freedom. Mm-hmm. And with that freedom, not only will you have to not ever worry about money and bills, but you will have the time to spend with your family, with your children. Right. You mm-hmm. won't have to hire a nanny because you'll be there. You've got right. this business on auto. Right. It's on lock. You're good to go. You just got to put in a few years first. You just got to sacrifice a little bit now for the greater good later. Right. But well, everybody I've talked to that has had parents in MLMs are like, they weren't there. We I didn't know. have the money for this. We didn't have the money for that. They weren't around for this. They didn't show up for that. There was always an excuse. And we think when we're in MLMs that we're going to be a better parent, but it's actually making us a far worse parent. I remember feeling that I was the shittiest parent because I was picking, taking photos of mannequins over swimming or right. whatever it was. Right. And going, what am I really doing this for? And it really wasn't until I had to confront it. It doesn't matter how many times someone else tells you that you're wasting your time or how many times your kids are like, mom, get off your phone. You have to sort of come to that realization yourself, whether it's a hard truth because something horrible happens or you just figure it out. Right. But it is so the opposite of what they promise. I know. And this keeps coming up over and over and over again. So it's right. not a one-off. No, it's not. It's not. And and honestly, uh, you know, I see that every, and I mentioned this in my email at, at Christmas every year, my mother-in-law would say, okay, we're going to kick the business into high gear next year. So in fact, my kids, we have five kids, my kids, every Christmas as we were driving to grandma's house, one of them would go, okay, how long before grandma says this? And we would take bets. 
how long it would be before grandma would say, we're going to kick the, and it's the exact phrase, we're going to kick the business into high gear in the next year. And we, we would like, yeah, seriously, we'd take bets on it. And we would just laugh because we knew that nothing was going to happen. And when she said it, I would surreptitiously just look at my father-in-law and his head. I mean, he would not smile. He was looking down. He was, you could tell he was not excited about this at all. If he could have just carried on with his career, come home and be allowed to record his music, he's a music pastor as well, he would have been happy. But no, she wanted him out every night doing whatever it is you have to do to get people to join Amway. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Spring is in the air, and with that comes spring cleaning, especially those closets. I am beyond guilty of keeping pieces around that I no longer wear, I'm hoping to fit into again, or I just can't seem to get rid of for whatever reason my brain uses to justify the hanger space. But this year, I am implementing the one-year rule and spring cleaning my wardrobe with the help of Quince. As a sponsor of Life After MLM, shopping with Quince is a great way to support the show and get some cute new items to treat yourself once the purge is over, too. Once you put your seasonal and holiday items in the back of the closet, it's time to purge what's left and see what can be donated and what needs to be retired for good. It's only then that you can organize your keepers and see where you can amp up your style for the coming year. And that's where Quince comes in. By partnering directly with top factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing, Quince cuts the cost out of the middleman and passes the savings onto us at 50 to 80% less than similar brands which means you can stretch your dollar and save on great staple pieces that will last through at least a few spring cleanings. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot MLM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com MLM. And she tried a lot of different ways and they lost a lot of friends. I know in the email, I talk about the fact that um, when Terry was younger, when he was 10 or 11, his father and their best friend, John, Uncle John, would go hiking Canada every summer. And I've never got to meet Uncle John, even though he was such a part of Terry's life, because my in-laws pushed so hard with Amway that eventually John said, look, I can't be a part of this anymore you keep on hounding me and that's not what friendship is about. So they've lost, they've lost good friends over this, over the years. I mean, and that's a hiking buddy, right? 
Yeah. And I know I'm like, I'm so into getting back on the trails and everything right now. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like enough Roberta with the hiking, but like, it's hard to find a hiking buddy where you're out in the wilderness with someone that you can talk to for, for hours and it never gets yeah. boring. I know. Of course, with my father-in-law being so quiet, maybe they didn't say anything for the whole week. I don't know. <laughs> but they, they just had, had binoculars somebody... and they just like, just in yeah. silence. But to have somebody walk in silence with you for a week, that's also pretty cool. Right. Whatever you want, Absolutely. right? <laughs> and to lose such a strong friendship, right? Someone that you're willing to, to, to go into complete, absolute nothing wilderness with and to right. lose and to push it and to push it and to push I it. Know. I and know. I know Uncle John didn't say one and done. I'm sure there were many times where John was like, look, we've already talked and I'm still not interested. I just right. want to hike Canada and hang out with yeah. my friend. <laughs> like, I don't know why we always have to talk about this. Right, right. The point that John just removed himself from the situation. Right. It's, it's horrible. Right. So another thing that you mentioned in your email that sort of goes along with this are these really like ridiculous recruiting techniques. And we're, we're going to start with the birthday party list because it sort okay. of goes along with the John thing. And then we'll go to the next one. But sure. one of the things that you told me was it was your husband's 30th birthday. Is Correct. that what it was? Yes. Okay. Tell yes. us about this. Story. Okay. So we'd only been married a couple of years at this point, And we were still young and poor and had, I mean, I came, when I came to the country, I had two suitcases and a kid. So I basically started from scratch and uh, my husband came into the marriage with credit card debt and a bed. <laughs> so we, <laughs> You got it all. You have everything yeah. you need. Perfect <laughs> American dream. Right. Here I thought I was going to marry a rich American, right? <laughs> Actually, we got married so fast that a lot of people thought that I just was trying to get married to stay in the country. And I'm like, first of all, it's Michigan. I'm an African girl. I do not do snow. Secondly, if I really wanted to find a rich American, don't you think I'd go to California or Florida, somewhere where it's warm and I can find a rich one? But anyway, so we lived in a tiny little two-bedroom apartment and we wanted I wanted to host a big surprise party for my husband's 30th. And we were in a very large church. So we had a lot of we had a, a very large circle of church friends. And then we both worked at Ford Motor Company, but in different divisions. We had probably 50 to 75 people. So I asked my in-laws if we could use their house. And my mother-in-law was like, sure. So I went and I set everything up. And that night we we did, we had about 75 people at the party. So I'm mingling and doing the usual, you know, social things. And I go into the kitchen to go get something out, something for the fridge. And Terry is in there with his mom. And he's like, mom, give me that paper right now. And he's got his voice raised. And I'm like, what's going on? And so she's got this paper and she's kind of putting it behind her back. And so I said, what's going on? He, he looked at me, he said, she's getting the names and numbers of all of our friends. I said, oh, why? And she goes, well, I wanted to write thank you notes to everybody. And he goes, mom, I know that's not what you want to do. You're going to call our friends to try and get them into Amway. And I looked at her, I said, really? She goes, no, I want to write thank you notes. I said, well, no, first of all, that's not your job. That's my job, our job to thank our friends for coming, not yours. And so she's like, well, no, that's really what I want to do. And Terry said, you are not going to make us lose our friends. You've, you've already lost enough of yours, but you're not going to force Amway down my friend's throats. Give me that paper right now. And then, so... We actually went and apologized to those people that she had already talked to. And we're like, we are so sorry. 
thankfully we didn't lose any of our friends over it, but it really actually opened my eyes to just how deceptive this whole thing is. I mean, seriously, I work for a cybersecurity company. I don't go around to all of my friends and get their names and numbers and then say, you've got to, you've got to put in your resume to this company. You know, I don't say if, if you go, if you go to this company, then I get something out of it. You just don't do that. That's not business. You just don't, that's not business practice. Also the audacity to, I know, to her to, to like to... gaslight you guys. And like, not only like just gaslight in the moment, like she was prepared for that. She's she like, had, if yeah, they she ask. Had, yeah, this is what I'm going to say. She had a secondary lie to cover up her real but, intentions. I know. And that really, that really, really got me very upset. And I don't, I don't actually very often get upset. I don't raise my voice very often. I'm act, I'm very outgoing, but I'm very, very calm. And that really got to me. I, w- I was, I was shocked more than anything, actually, because I had never seen this kind of behavior. Again, maybe because South Africa didn't allow MLMs, I had never been around this kind of predatory behavior before. It's it, it's so it was, just, it was weird to me. So of, yeah. so you mentioned that the the friends of the party are church friends, and you had mentioned that you're a Christian. And one of mm-hmm. the things that upset you so much about all of this was that Amway and your in laws claimed also to be Christian, but acted like this, like these lies and this <laughs> gaslighting and this stuff. So. That leads us into this next sort of scammy, gross thing that you shared with me. Um, and again, you you shared with me like Christians, they hold their wives in a high esteem that you wouldn't throw your wife under the bus. You wouldn't do this sort of thing. It's, right. it's a Christian principle to respect right. and love your partner like that. Um, and so, yeah, tell us about this cold call. And this is a cold call script, y'all. This is not like calling people back. This is a cold call, random number script. But Corey, please tell us this because, oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So let me explain. Like, like, like you said, I, I am a Christian and the Bible says that the husband is to love his wife as Jesus loves the church. Well, does Jesus lie? Does Jesus gaslight? Does Jesus deceive? Does Jesus, you know, does Jesus throw people under the bus? If you, if you are a true believer, you're going to know that the answer to those four questions is no. So when I saw the cold call script, I was like, oh, my God, this is not Christian. So I'm actually going to read it to you. So here's the script. Good evening. Insert the name here. So good evening, Roberta. Someone called the house earlier today and my wife took the call and she completely forgot to take down the name and number of the person. I know, woman, right? That was the script. Oh, my God. Ah. First of all, he told a barefaced lie. Secondly, he had to make his wife out to be the bad guy and an idiot. And then, again, how is lying a good business practice? And I then mean, also, he- like, what's the other end of that call? Like, uh, nope, wasn't me. Have a good evening. Click. Well, no, but now that I've got you on the line, <laughs> I'm guessing. But again, Bless his heart. This is my father-in-law's script. I don't know that he actually ever used it. I don't know how much work he actually ever put into it. He he also had his guitar down there and it was soundproof room and he'd close the office door. I, <laughs> I suspect that he would tell my mother-in-law he was going down to the basement to make some calls, close the door and start playing his guitar. 
He's like, I need to go do some Amway stuff in my jam cave. I mean, in our Amway storeroom. Right, right. I, I honestly okay. do. I, I, I wonder if that's do. actually what happened. <laughs> He's like, we also need to make this Amway storeroom soundproof, just in case. Of just stuff. in case, yeah. Anyway, I just, again, I can't imagine doing this in a, in a legitimate business environment. You don't do this. No. I mean, if you you, you run a salon, right? You don't. You don't cold call and say, well, I think one of my stylists might have, you know, called you or you called and but my stylist didn't get the number. It would be so weird to put it in that perspective for me to just randomly call people in town and be like, someone called today looking for a haircut. And I was just <laughs> trying to make sure it was you. Our stupid receptionist forgot to write down the name. Right. Like, I mean, it's like, I wouldn't, if someone, I, just like the fact that you're like blaming, like I just I don't know how it would feel in that moment as the person on the other side of the call. Like, right. first of all, I probably wouldn't have even answered it in the first place. Secondly, I feel like if I got on the call, I would have been very like quickly to get off, be like, "No, it wasn't me. Have a good yeah, day." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just very strange. Right. Not not completely unheard of, but just strange behavior that we really don't see anywhere outside of these strange right. high demand colds and scams. Now this was the mid nineties. And I do think people, because we didn't have a caller ID and stuff. So I think people might've been a little more open now. I mean, in 2023, every number that I see just goes straight to my voicemail and I'll pick it up later. I'm not on it. I don't, if it's not a name, I'm not picking it up. So I think probably the mid nineties might've been a little different. You know, but you still, do make a good point because I remember in the mid nineties, the only thing I wanted more than anything in the whole entire world was my own phone line. There you go. Like I wanted it so bad. And then when the internet came out, my family was like, yes, and your line will be the internet line. Right. Cause you know, anybody listening who wasn't around then you had to have a separate phone line for the internet. It was very complicated. I remember um, that. And I remember like when the phone would ring, when my phone would ring, I'd be like, oh, I gotta have to answer it. Who is it? Like <laughs> just because somebody was calling me. So yeah, right. I could put myself in that perspective back in the 90s with the phone rings or if the doorbell rings it mm-hmm. was it was something just happened more often so it wasn't so startling as it is right now. right but to, to look I'm now looking at the whole perspective of my in-laws were in from 1970s probably 78 79 they didn't get out until 2005 I met them in 1993 from 1993 to 2005 I never saw them go anywhere in the business and in all the years before that they never went anywhere in the business so they put in almost 30 years of weekends and nights to something that never came to fruition not only did they stagnate they actually went backwards because the money that they should have been putting into a 401k or investing in the stock market or putting it just even into a savings account, that never happened. And here we are almost 30 years later, and you know who's going to bear the brunt of their bad financial decisions? Terry and myself. Yeah, you and Terry. That's where we sit. And and I said in my email that I'm actually very angry about that. I really am because we've been put in a position where we now have to take financial decisions for my in-laws because they did not take the wise financial decisions because Amway brainwashed them. Amway told them, don't put money in a 401k. 
And we told them, worry about saving because in the future, you're going to be just fine. But they're not. Where's Amway now? Wow. It's it's just something really interesting to think about. And it kind of comes in on the heels of child exploitation, but like long term Mm -hmm. because you're exploiting your children, but not for 50 years. Right. They keep on thinking, well, this year we're going to make the money and then we'll be able to put it into savings. We'll be able to catch up with the four. You know, you always think, well, I'm going to be able to, I'm going to be able to, but that able to never happens. Right. You know? And and right. I and I appreciate that you look after your parents when you're older. Like, for example, my mother is a widow and she lived in England when my father passed away. My brother lives up in Scotland. He, he married a Scots girl. So we had a discussion. Okay, my mother needs to live nearby somebody because she was all by herself and she decided to move to Scotland because she could still live on her own but she has the means to do it she has a pension she has my father's pension she has they lived here in the United States for a few years so she has a social security and they made wise financial choices she's not wealthy by any stretch of the imagination but they set themselves up for retirement my in-laws have not right. and they are living very tight. Now he did make, like I said, he made good money. Security checks are, they're not horrible, but with inflation and with just the cost of just general living, they are struggling. I mean, they are really, really tight. Well, I think that's, I just think that's a, a really good point that a lot of people who are all in with MLMs, like they don't think about that. They don't think about the long-term effects of not paying into things or not having finances or investments or, you know, savings or anything like that. Because one, they're on that train of, well, the next one is going to be the big one. So Mm -hmm. that one, that big check I get is not only going to pay all the back of everything I've missed, but I'll also have extra to be able to put it that way. So you're living in that Mm -hmm. fantasy that's not real, but you're believing it's going to happen. And so you're just moving toward that goal. Precisely. But then at the same time, you're not realizing that by living this, you're putting a much larger burden onto your family who will have to then take up all of what you weren't able to do when that time comes. Right. Precisely. And I I don't think it's like an intentional exploitation, but it's Mm -hmm. absolutely something that happens when you are so lost in the promise of unicorn farts. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like it I doesn't know. like what they're promising doesn't exist. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, you know, Amway conventions, from what I gather, I've never thankfully been to one, the glitz and glamour. You get that rah-rah, and you get that sense of you get that that ro- the run of adrenaline, you get the dopamine, you get the oh, you're amazing, and look at all these people up here on this on the stage, and look how well they've done. And this could be you. And I mean, so you get that run that rush of adrenaline, you come home and you're all charged up. But that's Saturday, Sunday. By Tuesday, it's gone. So then you have to meet with your upline because you've got to keep that, you've got to keep it going. So you've got all the hype, but it's hot air. There's nothing behind that hype. Nothing. Yeah. That's why you got to hop on that Wednesday call and go to that right. Friday meeting and uh-huh. plan you- for next month's convention that you have to look forward to. Right. Another thing that you mentioned that uh, that goes with all of this that I really want to talk about as well is you said that you had heard stories about like MLM conversions and altar calls at these Amway meetings. Yes. My father-in-law was so proud of himself. He was talking one day and I'm like, why do you stay in Amway? 
I don't, I don't get it. He goes, but they're doing such great stuff, you know, in, in the, for the church and for the community. He goes, you know, we were just at this convention this last week and they had this amazing preacher and they had this altar call and a thousand people rushed down to the, the altar to accept Jesus as Savior. I'm like, you do know that's not real, right? You do know that that's just an emotional charge. And in two days time, that person's going to think, what the F did I actually do? That's not Christianity. That's not a true conversion. That's not how that happens. And he, and, and he, he, he was like, oh, well, if that's what you think. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of what I do think. That's kind of true. You know, that's not just, that's yeah. just not my opinion. That's, that's really, that's just emotion. Right. People and, rushing the stage in a viral emotional and, and, setting is not you know, true I, conversion. Again, I mean, this is business, it, right? If it's a business, are you even, you're not even meant to bring religion into a business. I'm sorry that it's got no place in a business. And you if know, it's going to have a place in a business, be really upfront about it. Right. I mean, I love my company, but I have no idea what my CEO believes and he doesn't know what I, he shouldn't. I shouldn't. It, it shouldn't be a part of business. I'm sorry. I, lo- uh, I love Jesus, but I'm not bringing that into the workplace. It's just interesting to hear about this because I know it happens. I've, I've heard of things like at Young Living conventions where they do raindrop therapy and they have oh, conversions. And I've oh, heard about, about young um, oh my God, right. <laughs> and like Monet uh, did bap- uh, baptisms in, in the pool at the Scottsdale so Marriott, <laughs> all kinds of weird stuff. You know what I mean? So like, I know it's happening. So it's interesting to see it from a different perspective. And also from the perspective of someone who was like, it was amazing. As yeah. opposed to someone watching on social media being like, oh my God, what's happening? I know this is awful. Right. Yeah. And and to see that perspective of him being like, it was incredible. So much so that it's one of the reasons that keeps me into this company that when you asked me why I stay, it was the first thing that came up. Right. It's right. just money wasn't like, we make a lot of money. It helps us pay our bills. It's wonderful for the environment, whatever, like things like that. Like, no, it was like, they're converting people into Christians. Like it's really culty. It, it is very culty. It is then, very, very culty. Yeah. And then we see that the Christian lifestyle that most of these people are actually is not Christian gaslighting and lying Hello. and manipulation. Yeah, and it's not, it's, yeah, and so, Jesus is like, what? No, I know. Jesus, like, don't use my name like that. before we started the podcast it's uh, you had that gal on a few months ago who has her master's in theology and she was she did an amazing job of talking about the church and and christianity she was amazing um but i totally agree with her it it makes those of us who actually do try to be true christ followers look really bad because we're all painted with that same paintbrush and it's not fair because there's a hues and i'm on this side and they're on this side and near the twain will meet but it makes it very hard for us who truly do want to be christ-like and christians 
to have a good voice because it's drowned out by this crap. Yeah. So in 2003, you and your husband relocate to Texas. Correct. And shortly after your in-laws follow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, what happened then? Okay. So I think for them, this was the beginning of the end. They relocated. My father-in-law was offered a really good position down in Dallas, Texas. So they were only five, five hours away from us from San Antonio. We go to visit them probably about a month after they moved and they had a lovely home and I, you know, I'm doing my little perusal around the house and I see the guest room full of their skeletons. And so I was like, oh crap, I'm, I'm probably going to get yelled at and my mother-in-law is going to not talk to me for the next week, but I'm going to find out. And I said to her, I see you have your Amway stuff. Are you still in Amway? And she, she got this look on her face and she's like, well, no, we just packed this stuff up. But yeah, no, we're, we're not going to be part of Amway anymore. And I mean, Terry's face just like lit up. I mean, you could tell he was so happy. And I'm like, well, what happened? She said, well, you know, when we moved, we had to move to a different upline. And then they wouldn't allow us. I, I, I mean, I don't even know how Amway works. I really don't. Even after she explained it all to me, I still don't get. I know, I know it's really siloed. And she's like, well, then we couldn't bring the people or the, they, they couldn't do something. And so we're going to lose a whole lot of money. And she says, and we haven't been making money in a long time. I'm like, oh, shit, Sherlock. <laughs> of course you haven't <laughs> been making money for a long time. But it really was the beginning of the end. <laughs> I, mean, I think they just packed the product up because it was in the house. The, the, they had a moving company actually pack them. So I think it just got moved. They moved when my father-in-law retired, they moved to a small home in a, in a very small town. And I don't see, apart from them just having like hand soap in the, in the bathroom, I don't see any Amway products anywhere throughout the house. They don't do, you know, they used to give us the catalog every Christmas. And for the first couple of years we were married, we would order something out of the catalog. But then about the third or fourth year in, Terry's like, we're not ordering anything. He said, we're just not going to, we're not supporting it whatsoever in any way, anyhow. So they haven't done that in several years. So I, I would say probably from about 2005, 2006 on. So, I mean, it's been a while now that they have not been in Amway, but they, they kind of, it was, they went out with a whimper. They didn't go out with a bang. They just kind of slowly slid away from it. I think they're almost too embarrassed to say, look, we've left because we haven't done any, we haven't gone anywhere with it. But it took them from 1978 to 2005. How many years is that? That's a long time. It's almost 30 years. Like it's a really long time. Yeah. 28 years. That was that they were in. I mean, almost as long as I've been married. That's insane, right? And, and what a wild juxtaposition from the moment you met them and how excited they were about Amway. Mm-hmm. Well, at least your mother-in-law. Yeah. Uh, excited <laughs> about Amway and this is going to change and this is this and that and this to the last time you asked her about it. Was, well, well, well we kind of, uh, yeah. I guess not. Like, it's just such a complete, like 180 flip. I know. Totally 180 180. And I'm not really, I mean, as many episodes I've done about Amway and as many questions I've asked people that have been in it, I still feel that I don't completely understand how Amway works, but I know there's lines of affiliation. And so I'm wondering if there was just like a Michigan 
line of affiliation that just was not cool with them leaving the state of Michigan. And that then- actually sounds that that sounds kind of like what she told me. But again, I because I never really got into it, I did not I didn't even understand. I mean, when she explained it to me, I still didn't understand all of it. I still don't understand all of it. And I have no desire to understand all of it because it shouldn't be that complicated. That's, it shouldn't that's be that the point, complicated. Right. It shouldn't. It, it's a business or anything that you're investing at, at this point, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars into should be easily understood within, I don't know, 15 minutes, like looking at right. something and going, oh, can you clarify? Oh, okay. That's what I thought. But to, to, to clarify. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Looks good to me. Right. I, I don't know how many episodes I have and I'm still like, okay, I'm not, wait, what? It's right. still convoluted. It's still mm-hmm. confusing. And it is built this way intentionally. So to confuse regulators, to confuse mm-hmm. lawmakers, to confuse anything. Even when I was talking, we were talking to chat GPT and we were asking it questions and it was literally saying, well, this can't be this way because of this, but then right. the, op- the opposite is answer was it couldn't be this because of that and i'm just like you can't be oh so it can't be a because it's b but it can't be b because it's a cool awesome that's a scam in a nutshell i know absolutely it totally is a scam and it scammed them for 28 years and i think that sink cost fallacy that you talk about that really came into play because they had spent so much money that every time she'd say we're going to get into high gear it was because she wanted to try and recoup some of the money that they had lost in all those years. And and yet, you know, the really sad thing is, like I said at the beginning of the hour, if they had just stayed with his salary and invested it wisely, she probably would have had the horse farm. She probably would have. She yeah. might not have given the, the flashiest car, but she might have had a Mercedes or a BMW. You don't need a Bugatti or a Lamborghini. Yeah, she would have a horse farm with a nice car, with a nice mm-hmm. house, and her husband would be going on Canadian hikes with Uncle John and updating right. him on all the cool stuff that had been happening. And I they know. wouldn't have lost the money, the time, the I friends, know. the sanity, the humility. They wouldn't have had to go through any of it. I know. They would not have had to go through any of and that. And at they the could... end, it was for literally nothing, nothing. but a guest room full of expired amway that's a perfect way to send to say it guest room full of expired amway that's perfect i i mean and for what terry had to go through free school programs could never do anything because of that never never had the joy of looking into the audience and seeing his father's proud face and his mother holding flowers and clapping and saying that's my boy never got to have that felt abandoned emotionally by his Mm -hmm. family and as exactly. a teenager in his most formidable, like brain forming years. Mm-hmm. And then I'm assuming has abandonment issues the way a lot of us that are unpacking childhood trauma have. Oh, that's where that comes from. <laughs> the way that we do things and the way that we react to situations, mm-hmm. it all comes down. And at the root of it, his parents just wanted to have more and be more and, and just have that dream that I guarantee you they never had that dream before Amway stepped in and said, just dream a little bit bigger. Right. And there's nothing wrong with dreaming. There's absolutely nothing. Because I think we all want to better ourselves, especially when we have children. We want to better ourselves. We want to provide a good future for our children. But they have to be dreams that are rooted in reality. 
her dreams weren't grounded in the reality of her situation. They could have been if she changed her focus, but she kept her focus on the wrong thing. And as a result, none of those dreams came to pass, which is really sad. MLMs will do that, right? They'll take a small dream. Like her initial dream could have been like, I would really love to own a horse again one day. I would really love to be able to look out in my backyard and see a corral with my horse in it. And they're like, dream bigger. Right. And all of a sudden, it's not just right. a horse. It's not just a guest house. It's it's owning a home in Italy. It's owning a horse farm. It's right. having a wounded warriors retreat in Montana. Like it's these really gigantic, ridiculous, out of scope dreams right. to keep you on the hook. Right. Precisely. And to play with your emotions and mm-hmm. your heart. I know. And and I think at the end of the day, that's really what kills me is the fact that because she that she dreamed those dreams that were out of scope, she was not able to achieve any of the dreams that they wanted. Yeah, and how all dis- the achievable ones passed her by. Right. Because how disappointing is that though? To you know, look back on your life and go, okay, I didn't hit any of those dreams. Like a, the American dream, it, it's not just an American dream. It's it's a world dream. But unfortunately, it's how do you achieve that dream? And with now the especially the advent of the internet mlms have have gone into the world so we're starting to see it in africa and now they're they're plundering a whole new population of people that are on the cusp of something that could be great and you've got these mlms that are coming in now and they are just undermining everything that could be good about these emerging nations Absolutely. And we've heard, we've heard stories before about going into emerging nations and helping people do this and, and creating something really great, but the vehicle was Amway. And so with the vehicle being Amway, it's never going to be really great. It's always going to be a scam. Right. Uh, And it's just really, really sad. It's really sad. I'm ultimately sad and angry because as I said, unfortunately for the future, my husband and I are going to be the ones bearing the brunt of taking care of my in-laws and I'm happy to do it. And I, you know, I think all of us at some point will be taking care of our parents, but we, we will have to take on a bigger financial role than I think most families deal with. We'll be shouldering that financial burden because they haven't. And it's because of Amway. It's because of Amway. If I could turn around and sue Amway and tell them I want a million dollars, I would. But I mean, I know better people have tried and not got anything from them. How do you sue them for the lies yeah. that they've told? I have some friends who have, like our lawyers who were the lawyers that sued Amway. So I'm going to have them come on the show and talk about That'd be going awesome. through that kind of stuff and, and what they can share and what they can't. Well, it's um, like the Church of Scientology. You know, I mean, they have all these lawsuits and then they, but they they parade in with these huge attorneys. And so you've got those little- An arbitration closet. I know, I know. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And Amway's the same yeah. way. I cannot tell you how much I've appreciated listening to your podcast. It really. Are you all caught up? Or are you still midway? No, I'm still, I'm on like episode 70 now. Oh. Every day I walk my dogs. I take an hour walk with my dogs every day. And so I, I go between like three or four different podcasts, Office Ladies, you, Mike Rowe, a couple of others. You're only halfway through. You have so much more to go. I know, I know. I'm really excited. There's like so much good stuff coming. And up. my one daughter um, is so into this as well. So she listens to this. She listens to the podcast. She's very vocal on social media, 
And so she'll call out anybody at any time. And in fact, bless her heart, my my one son's girlfriend, um, she she's a graphic she's a graphic designer student at a university here in town. And last year she texted us and she goes, I have a marketing job. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Because I mean, graphic design, that's perfect for marketing. So I said, tell me a little bit more about it, honey. So she's on the family group text. And she goes, well, so this guy came around and and it's Cutco. And I'm, oh, I'm no. like, what's, and I said, what's Cutco? And my daughter, Haley's like, she texts me private. And she goes, okay, mom, I'm gonna take one for the team. So she goes back on family group text. And she's like, you cannot do Cutco, Gabby. And this is why. And she explained the whole thing. And Gabby's like, oh, I thought I was going to make some real money. And she's the sweetest little thing. And, and she's so innocent. Um, and, and my heart broke because she was so excited. But these people just were going to take her for a ride. And my daughter's like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to let that happen to any family member. So, yeah, she's very vocal. <laughs> yeah, I was like, not cut, pal. <laughs> Horrible. I didn't know what it was. And that's the thing. I've never really, because of Amway, I, anytime somebody talks about, well, anytime anybody on social media is like, DM me for more information. I'm like, well, first of all, that's never happening. Um, <laughs> I am not going with a stranger to a second location. Absolutely not. <laughs> but I also, I just, I just kind of filter out any of that kind of information. So I didn't even know what Cutco was. Yeah. They There's an MLM healthier. for everything. Yeah, It's like toilet They're... paper MLMs. What? Yeah. There's like a water filter MLM. What? Wild. I'm like, water's water. And these people will be like, water's not water. I'm drinking like extra hydrogenated water. I'm actually drinking H3O. And I was like, oh my God. You, no, you're not. That's not what you're drinking. It's not what's you're not what you're drinking. <laughs> oh so God. it's like, it's it, nobody looks further. They just go, oh, well, Mike said. And you're like, who's Mike? I'm like, right. But Mike asked John, you're like, who's John? Like, it's, there's nothing. Oh, and then I do remember a friend of mine was on Mel- Melaleuca. So she, she's telling me all about Melaleuca and I go to their, and it was a fledgling website. It was, this was um, like 2006 or something. And I go onto their website and they talk about how a child died because of bleach inhalation. And I thought to myself, that does not sound right. Because if that had happened, there would have been a national recall. It would have made headline news. So I went and did some research. Never happened. Never happened. So they put this lie out on their website. So you just have to do a little bit of research if you do come across it, and you can automatically cut, you know, see the lies. Yeah, that um, pipeline from like wellness to QAnon is strong in MLMs. Oh. Like it goes straight oh, to conspiracy theory even. where it's oh like anti-vax God. and flat earthers and like all of it. It's, it's just QAnon. Like, okay, here's another cult. Gets me. Yeah, I have friends who travel the world and they believe in the flat earth. I'm like, how can you believe in flat earth when you've lived in four different countries around the world? This is the most convincing argument that I have ever heard about there not being a flat earth. Because if there was a flat earth, there would be an edge. And if there was an edge of the world, Disneyland would have a resort on it and there would be an amusement park there. And they would be (laughs) charging a lot of money to go to edge of the world Disney. Like they, it just would. And it's not. And that's the best proof that I have that nothing like that. There'd be a swing. There'd be a resort. There'd be a glass bottom edge pool. You could swim out past the, there would, 
And that's how I know that it's not. Absolutely. <laughs> Disney would have put an Alani out there already. Yeah. <laughs> you are so right. <laughs> anyway, Corey, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us today about your experience with your of in-laws course. in Amway. Do you want to answer some rapid fire questions for me? Of course I do. Okay. So I already know this answer because you emailed it to me, but what is one word that encompasses how you feel about MLMs? They're evil. <laughs> what is a warning that you would give to somebody who's on the fence? Run, just jump off that fence and run in the opposite direction to what you think you were going to go. Don't do it. Don't. I feel like this is a gimme, but what is the worst MLM in your opinion? <laughs> I would say I would have to say Amway because it's the one that I know, but also because it has it's like a hydra. You cut off one head and there's, you know, a 10 more grow in its place. It, it honestly is it's a leviathan. It's a hydra. It's it, it's got its tentacles everywhere. I mean, the fact that we had the Department of, of Education was Betsy DeVos. What the? I, know. I mean, seriously. <laughs> i know i know i know i know <laughs> uh what is the hardest lesson that you learned watching your in-laws go through this not being able to help them because they weren't ready to hear the truth i think that was the hardest because i i want to help i i know i didn't talk about this in my personal life but i've been a, a gestational surrogate I, I, it's my nature to help people in any way I can. So to be helpless and not be able to do anything for them because they, they, they didn't even know they needed the help. And what's the positive takeaway from watching all of this? There is none. None. <laughs> hey, sometimes there just isn't any silver lining at all. There no. isn't. There was no, there's no silver lining. Yeah, and wow. I hate to end on a negative like that, but there really isn't. So for anybody who's out there who who's thinking about doing this, please don't, because you affect not only yourselves, you affect so many lives and long term. That ripple effect. I don't think a lot of people really look at it. And a lot of times that ripple ends up turning into like big waves. Tidal wave. Yeah, tidal wave. And it's coming down on them now. And we're, we're the ones with the rescue boat. It's just heartbreaking. Well, thank you so oh, much you. for being so candid, for sharing this story, for being so vulnerable. Uh, you're going to help a lot of people with this story. And I know I there's people listening, that. nodding their heads going, yes, I watched my in-laws go through this too. Like absolutely. Or their right. parents or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it is so important to tell these stories. And I just, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I was so excited. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my God, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up, therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Music